Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. You're listening to episode 85 with Ashley Pollard, Team AP Consulting. Man, this was such a well-waited for episode. I've been trying to get Ashley on the calendar and we finally made it happen with both of our schedules. If you're not familiar with Ashley, she has over 10 years of experience in the fashion industry in New York City and now runs her consulting agency to bring the same strategists used in her big business to entrepreneurs. She is a wealth of knowledge. This is an explicit episode. We curse like sailors. So if you're your ears aren't uh, turned off by that, you're still going to have a really great time um, on this listen and enjoy the rest of the episode. Kiss my aesthetic, branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co., where we build brag worthy brands through visual identity design and social media. You're in the right spot for branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship advice. So enjoy the episode. Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. We have Ashley, Team AP Consulting. Welcome. Hello, hello. Thank you for so much for having me. Oh my gosh, this episode is a long time in the making because I wanted to have you on for five ever, and we're, you're finally here, so thank goodness. Um, but for anyone who doesn't know you, doesn't follow you yet, can you explain who you are, what you do, and who you help? Yes. My name is Ashley Pollard. I'm the CEO and founder of Team AP Consulting. We are a consulting agency that focuses on marketing and sales from solopreneur all the way up to massive seven-figure product-based businesses, offering a little bit of everything in between. Uh, I spent 10 years in the fashion industry working with massive brands like Oscar de la Renta, Prada, Rebecca Minkoff, Kendall Lynn Kylie, Sam Edelman, and now I'm supporting female entrepreneurs with their endeavors and helping them grow with everything that I kind of learned in that space. So I'm a very like, I'm going to templatize everything I do. So whether you need to buy the template, you want to work through it with me, or you want me to just do the work, we can take care of it. So it's been a fun, fun, fun two years doing this. I've loved it. I can't believe you've only been really at it for two years because I think the two way... Two and a half, yeah. Yeah. The, and the way that you share and you're so um, like forthcoming with all of your knowledge and expertise is really, I think, what attracts a lot of people to your brand. But talk to us about like, take us back to that 10 years ago, Mark, when you were just kind of getting into your career professional space and like how oh, yeah. that journey's been to now. You know what's so funny? One of my favorite, most embarrassing stories in the world, it'll and I'll only take a second, is when I was interviewing at Oscar de la Renta. So I am an aggressor. Okay. I if I want something, I'm gonna try. If it's a no, I don't care. I just want to try, right? So I was interning, I wanted to intern in the city. I came to New York City. I was interning, quote unquote, in fashion, but at a zipper company. Like it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't the jam. You know what I'm saying? So I put out feelers on Facebook. I was still in college. Instagram wasn't a thing yet, which ages me. And I said, does anybody know anyone in fashion? I got to get out of this internship. My boyfriend at the time, his friend wrote me on the side and was like, hey, my aunt works for this company, but I don't think they're that big because I've never heard of them. And I was like, great, I'll take it. It turns out it's Oscar de la Renta. And I'm like, are you okay? Are you okay? (laughs) Like this is a huge brand. She was the vice president of the company. Oh my goodness. So I was like, sir, I need to be in touch with her. I was like, you make the connection. I can take it from here. I can get myself in the door and I can get myself the job. So connects us. She says, yeah, I'll agree to meet with you. And I basically was like, I just want to pick your brain. I want to hear about your time in the fashion industry. 
I show up and I'm like, oh, we're going to have like a friendly chat, you know? And I sit down with her and she's like, where's your notebook? I was like, oh, I just wanted to like truly pick your brain. And she was like, I'm the vice president President. of one of the most well-known fashion brands in the world. You didn't bring a resume. You didn't bring a notebook. You didn't bring a pen. You don't have questions prepared. I'm giving you 15 minutes that I should never be giving you. And you blew it by not bringing a notebook. And I must have had all the color, like, come out of my skin. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I was, uh, I was like, where's a bridge? I'll jump. So I was shocked. She calmed down because she was very angry, rightfully so. Uh And she was like, listen, come back tomorrow and we can act like this never happened, but get it together. And so I came back the next day. I had my questions prepared. I brought five resumes. They were all on cardstock. I had my notepad. I had everything ready. And she was like, okay. I like you because you listened, you took direction. We mm-hmm. can give you an internship here, but never do that again. Do that again. You got Miranda Priestley. <laughs> Literally. So it's so funny because I go from there to now and it's like a completely different world. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't even know how I didn't know that. But it, I like that story because we forget what you don't know at the beginning. And totally. We just assume that everyone understands things. When at the end of the day, like we all had to start, we all had to learn the basics of things. So it's just kind of, it's one of my favorite stories. Oh, that's such a good one, like from the beginning. And I I definitely didn't have like the shit scared out of me when I started. I started <laughs> because my parents gave me a swift kick in the ass and they were like, yeah, you like doing this design stuff, just start a business. And I was like, what right. do you mean start a business? Like, what? That doesn't make any sense. And it was 2014 and it was summer. I was 20 years old. And they're like, yeah, just, it just invoice people. I was like, I don't know what that means. Like what are right, you talking right, right. about? Right. Like invoice someone. And and my mom's super connected and super entrepreneurial. And I kind of got my first few clients through her. Um, I was charging $15 an hour. Right. So it was like, I thought I was making out like a bandit because I was making $12 an hour babysitting. And right. I was like, this is amazing. I don't have to leave my house. I can do this in my pajamas. I can do it whenever I want. Like, mm-hmm. okay. And then now that's eight years ago. So it's like, so funny. It's crazy. It's crazy. But it's so um, those lessons I feel like that you learn in the beginning of of realizing that things are either like easier than you thought or that you are like, oh, shit, I'm so underprepared are some of the best lessons. Yeah, I'm really glad that I was like called out on being cocky early. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, And she mm-hmm. was so kind about it. She did not owe me Right. Any more chances. Like, right. And I don't know that I would have. So right. So it's, um, it was, it was funny. Anyway, that's oh one goodness. of my early stories to show that's how far I've come. <laughs> such a big one. So at what point did you leave the corporate side and decide to make the jump to say like, okay, I, I want to build something for myself? So I actually always had a side hustle. I, you know, I live in New York. I don't come from money. I didn't have a savings or a trust fund or like I didn't have any sort of like money net. And being here, I wanted to live a good life. I wanted to go to dinner and order what I wanted. I wanted to travel. Mm -hmm. I wanted to live a big life. So for me, I always had some sort of side hustle. I like styled men and went personal shopping for them. I assisted interior designers. I like did, I did so many. I'm not even there at 20 plus side hustles. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I mm-hmm. think kind of led me to this, like, try anything, figure it out mentality that I have. Right. But I did really anything. And I found that I really wanted to work with female entrepreneurs in about like 2016, 2017. And so I built this database actually called Room for All. And it was a database of every state in the country and all the female entrepreneurs inside of it where you could search by 
specialty or you could search by area, right? So if you wanted an interior designer in Oklahoma, you could find her. And what was nice is that the the ploy for being on the website and like getting this exposure was that you would give people a kickback for seeking out female entrepreneurs, right? Mm. And we built this database very quickly and grew an email list to 50,000 in like six months. So, um, but I didn't really know how to run a business and I didn't really know much about like investing and do, do I go get money or do I turn this into a thing? And I just kind of was like, ah, it's too much. I, I want to be done. So I sold mm-hmm. the email list. I sold the business, but it was for the email list to a prior brand I worked for who was also doing female empowerment kind of work and was like, wash. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I just made $20,000. Like, yes. that's Whoa. so crazy. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, and Regardless so that was my- of how many hours you spent building the freaking thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so I got paid a dollar an hour, like yeah, yeah cool, <laughs> yeah, and five thousand dollars I spent on the right. website. Right. So um, that was my first foray, and I it scratched an itch where I was like, I need more. I'm in. I need more, and I kept saying like, if I had the time, I could build it. If I had the time and the money, right? Well, then I was let go. Mm. I was given a severance check, a tiny severance check, but enough to cover my rent for three months in 2020. And I was like, holy fuck, did I manifest COVID? <laughs> right, right. Like, I was like, did I ask for this? Like, is this right. my fault? Am I a master manifester? Did I make the world shut down? Because I was like, I have time and money, right? Yep. I, not Again, not a ton of money. I couldn't do anything with it, but I, I at least could eat, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I was like, I'm just going to not charge anyone for three months. I'm going to work. I'm going to build a portfolio. I'm going to build this website. I'm going to build a social strategy and brand myself and do all of the things. And sure enough, I was making, you know, $5,000 a month in those after those three months because totally. I was just putting my head down and grinding and laser focusing and not charging for a while or charging $40 for things mm-hmm. like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was I remember there being a day where I was like, there's no way in hell anyone's going to pay me $1,000 for mm-hmm. anything, mm-hmm. for anything. And uh, one of my clients, you know, moved through the ranks with us and eventually we got there. And so that was kind of how it forayed. So crazy because you and I both harp on the same kind of mentality with business of you don't have a $10,000 service until you've garnered the reputation, the experience, the portfolio, the connections, the network to be at that level. And I think so many entrepreneurs, especially in the online space, especially in service space, especially in coaching are like, Uh this is my signature program that I've never before offered. I don't have any testimonials. I don't have any use cases of this happening. And there's this, this discrepancy between like get paid to learn, like at, at anything. And that's why I think I was $15 an hour for my entire first year and then 25 and then 35. Totally. I was like, wait a second, I could charge project-based pricing. But every time I've rolled out a new thing, I've, I'm aggressively under market on purpose. And I think that totally. that's, that's a mentality that's really missed out on because mm-hmm. everyone's like, well, my, t- my, my six figure year and my 10 K month and my, like, there's so much jargon. So right. how do you kind of explain this phenomenon in, in as one of the bigger, cause I perceive it to be one of the bigger issues of this like online entrepreneurship fetish. Well, I have the fix for it because I have the, I, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> so I have this membership, the doers, it's a female or it's a community of female entrepreneurs you know, we do a ton of stuff inside. Literally, 
right before this call, we had office hours Mm -hmm. and someone asked that question, how do I get to 10K months? And the thing is, is like, this is what I always tell people. You get to 10K months from $9,500 a month. You Mm -hmm. don't get there from zero. Like it's not going to be exciting when you Mm -hmm. get to 10K months because it's going to be the next $500 increment from all the other $500 increments. And it's going to be necessary to be able to sustain the business at the growth pace that you're going for. Exactly. Right. I am not paying a $10,000 business from someone who was previously charging zero. I'm paying Uh $10,000 for a business that was previously charging $9,000 because it's Mm -hmm. Just like a natural incremental shift. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is the biggest motivation. It's like, I want to get there. And it's like, your question is not actually, how do I get to 10K? Your question is, how do I get to 500? Mm -hmm. And then, how do I get Mm -hmm. to 1,000? And Mm -hmm. guess what? You actually don't have to ask that question if you're aggressively seeking out clients, overperforming and over-delivering on your service, and consistently learning as a person. That's it. Like Mm -hmm. client experience, quality work, investing in yourself as far as like whether that's with a mentor or with reading or with podcasts or whatever it is, those three things, you don't even have to ask a question. Right. You know, right. You charge 500, you charge a hundred first and then right. five and then a thousand. You won't even give a fuck when you get to the 10. Can I curse on here? <laughs> oh, of course. No, <laughs> you that, won't even, that's a uh, ship has sailed a long time ago. <laughs> you won't even give a fuck when you get to 10,000 exactly. because exactly. you will have it will be the na- most natural spillover. You'll be like, oh, and now we're at 10. You know what are. I mean? Right. Which right. is why it's so and- important to celebrate tiny freaking wins is because that was a goal. It was of just course. so long ago that you forgot about it. Of course. Of course. I think of it like people that do distance running. Like I'm not going to wake mm. up tomorrow and run a marathon, right? Mm-hmm. And even when you're training, you're on any kind of running training program, you're scratching at or even going over what your race distance is going to be to then be able to perform at race distance. Totally. So like you're not going to wake up and just be like, boom, here's all my money. Like, and mm-hmm. here's all the clients that are going to pay me to dollar. It's like, it's that consistent practice and the consistent growth and learning and, and fucking up and yeah. learning from your mistakes and evolving yeah. what kind of people you want to work for or work with. Um, so it is such a crazy, like, it, it is the topic I get hated about because I'm sure as you do, I get pitched by people saying, Oh, I want to offer this to you as a service and I've never done it before. And I'm going to, tr- I'm going to expect this kind of compensation. Yep. And I'm like, I can't get on board for that one. No. Yeah. Yeah. You know, someone's like, how do I say no to people based on experience? And I'm like, don't say no based on experience. Say that for that price, I require that somebody has four case studies and at least three testimonials that I can reach out to and a certain amount of proof of their deliverables. Because you know what? That gets done with experience, my friend, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. that's a different way to pose it because then you're not necessarily like saying, I don't give a shit about your experience or like whatever, because guess what? You want to go get three sick case studies in your first six months? Then it doesn't matter that you did it six months versus 10 years. I just want the work done and I want it with someone who can do it well. So it doesn't really matter how long you're doing things, but it matters that I'm not going to be your guinea pig. I'm not Mm -hmm. the person. Maybe someone Mm -hmm. else will. Not mm-hmm. gonna be me. And there are plenty of businesses and small businesses that that would. And I think mm-hmm. about this with my like mini brand design offering. Like the first time I offered it, Bad Bitch Book Club came to me and she's like, I want to work with you. I don't have the budget. And I'm like, okay, well, what budget do you have? Because I'm obsessed yep. with your business and I want you to be successful. Favorite question. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she's like, okay, what about like 500 bucks? I was like, okay, well, what if I just give you the brand and then if you like it, 
like that's what you go with. And if you don't like it, then we can figure out what goes from there. And let me just, because my process before was like, I'm going to give you four drafts and you're going to get 16 options. Sure. The first rounds are in black and white and the second rounds are this and the third rounds. But like, then they were paying almost, they were paying me as a technician and not an expert, which I know you Interesting. also. Yeah. Where like the difference between being like a technical person versus being a strategist or an expert and she's like, no, I think you get it. Like you understand the ideal client because like you are the ideal client. So just make right. what you would want to see. And she had a really, right. she's like, I want it to look like Valentine's Day on cocaine. I was like, great. Like I know what Cute. that looks like. Like yeah. cool, you know? So we pitched it to her and she's like, yeah, slim dunk, done. And I was like, okay, wait a second. Like we're on to something here. So yep. we called it like the Brandini, like mini brand. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, you start like start slow. The first one was 500. The next three were 850. The next four were 1250. And then up, up, up. And now that that service, same service, but now I've done it 60 times is $5,200. So like, that's how that gets to there. But I, you can't come out the gate swinging at that high of a level <laughs> without the well, proof. And- you know, you have a good point here because a lot of women who are entrepreneurs, and I assume a lot of people that listen to your podcast are probably identify with some sort of idea of being multi-passionate. Of I have course. so many ideas. I have so many things I want to do. I have so many things I want to create. Step one is either then be a consultant and give all those ideas away because I'm an idea generator mm-hmm, and I'm just, I just like hand them out because I have so much fun with it and I don't want to go build those things. Mm-hmm. Um, or a brand designer, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the thing with multi-passionate people is that People come to me and they're like, I have all these ideas. How do I make all of them happen? And I'm like, you just give each of them two years. Like we think Mm -hmm. like, yeah, life is short for sure. No doubt. But for most of us, it's long, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And unless you're trying to find a quick fix, that's going to make you a ton of money. Then like go gamble. I don't know. But with business, just give all of your ideas two years and think of all of the resources you're going to need to collect along the way to make them happen. Mm -hmm. For instance, I really want to open a restaurant. Five years ago, that was not possible. I didn't have the resources to do it. Now, I kind of do. My friend's a chef. We want to open it together. We know how to do it. We know how to grow a business. So it's like that could be a 2024 idea for me. But Team Mm -hmm. AP, this is my two-year. Next year, I'm migrating into me time, which is my product. Mm -hmm. After that, we're going to be migrating into restaurant. And it's like all of this stuff is playful. And people are like, well, does that mean you'll be done with Team AP Consulting? Yes, at some point. Eventually, yes. Yeah. And it, that, it could be three years. It could be five years. It could be 20. I will be done with this at some point. Mm-hmm. And I want people to see that like giving something two years of laser focus is mm-hmm. so powerful. You can mm-hmm. make major waves with that. And then the next thing you do, those two years are quicker because mm-hmm. you have more resources resources at your disposal. So it's like spread these out. You, you want to do all the things like chill out, man, like slow and yeah. steady truly does win the, the race. Totally. And it's the idea of like people drastically overestimate what they can accomplish in a day and underestimate what they can accomplish in a year. Totally. Because there's also like talk about throwing a pandemic in there. You don't know yeah. what's going to freaking happen. And the, the point that I've been at with like my team and, and our services and stuff is like, 2020 and 2021, I, like you, was primed to crush. Like, I was done traveling the world. I was trying to put roots back down. I was like, you know what? I'm going to move home, save a little bit of money. And I was like, oh, shit, nothing's going on. No one's going anywhere. Nobody's doing anything. I guess I'll just do a bunch of work and, like, go balls the walls and make a bunch of stuff that I think is cool. Work (laughs) 24-7. Work 24-7. What else am I doing? (laughs) What else am I going to do? And so now it's, like, it's coming down from that, coming back into that. Today's episode is brought to you by... 
the number one Canva mock-up you're going to buy all year, which are my Canva editable social profile mock-ups. Building a brag-worthy brand for your clients means showing them exactly how you envision their visuals scaling from platform to platform. So I've created nine realistic Canva templates that you can use as mock-ups in your brand design or social media presentation for things like social media pitches, marketing game plans, brand design, the best part totally editable in Canva. We've got Instagram, we've got Facebook, we've got TikTok, we have LinkedIn, Pinterest. There's nine of them in here for a whopping $27, which means that they're only $3 per template. It's going to save you oodles of time and it's going to be so professional and look so wonderful to your client to really give them the idea of how you see their brand coming to life. To take advantage of this, hit the link in today's show notes or go ahead and search Canva mockups on mkwcreative.co. Search Canva mockups on mkwcreative.co. Good luck. Enjoy. But kind of, I feel like you hit a similar stride where you were like, grow, 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 grow. And then you're like, hold on a second. Like, yeah. let's just take it in and, and, and kind of, you know, audit everything. So when do you feel like it's that, that, that roller coaster of like, I'm going to build phase versus I'm going to maintain phase versus I'm going to wipe the slate clean and let's start from scratch kind of do over. It's a great question because it's so vital to audit and it is so personal when it happens. Mm-hmm. It, what I always say is that it's going to be easier to audit when you have a line out the door. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. It's easier to do those things when you know that your money's taken care of. For me, when I, I felt the impending doom of burnout, right? Mm-hmm. I, I was like, it's around the corner. You know, mm-hmm. I'm working at a rate that I know is not sustainable. I am good at taking advice. I do am someone who wants to learn from my mistakes, but a lot of people are telling me that this mistake is about to happen, so I'm listening. Um, and it was about December uh, last year, 2021, where I was like, I need to change some shit. So I went into Q1 saying, I'm going to sell more shit than I've ever sold in my entire fucking life. And I'm going to do six months of runway, where typically I do three, and build up this monthly recurring revenue so that I can take off in April, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just going to – it's almost like to your uh, running Uh metaphor, it's Uh almost like seeing the finish line and you're just going to bolt for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I I know I can crash at the end of it. I know I can Mm -hmm. fall on the ground right after it. I'm just going to make a break. And so that's what I kind of did in Q1. And we made more money than we've ever made. We made $120,000 in three months or $120,000 of contracts. So like that money wasn't made. But $120,000 in contracts in three months. And I was like, thank fucking God. First of all, more than I expected. I wanted to do 90. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can take off April and I can probably take off part of May. Now we Mm -hmm. have retainer clients. So what do you do in that, you know, example? Um, I kept them, you know, it was just a couple of them. I did minor work. I have my membership. I did minor work and I didn't lift a finger. I did nothing. I didn't Mm -hmm. post on social really. I didn't send any emails. I didn't sell anything. I chilled. I slept in every single day. I went to the beach. I visited my family. Like, and I went into it almost with an agenda. These are the things I have to do. I have to get back to myself. You know, I don't know post-quarantine, Ashley. I've never met post-fashion industry, Mm -hmm. Ashley. Who is she? Mm -hmm. What is she like? Are my goals still the same? What do I want? I'm learning things about myself. What do I want to explore? What do I want for this business? Do I want to be the face? Do I not want to be the face? Do I want this business? 
And it was really interesting because to that point of like non-fashion industry, I was more burnt out from fashion Mm -hmm. than I was from entrepreneurship. And Mm -hmm. it it was coming through in ways of like, I wasn't taking care of myself. I didn't care what I looked like. I didn't care how I dressed because I mean, we were all sweatpants in COVID, but when you come from an industry where it's like high heels and dresses and curled hair and makeup at 24-7, 7 7 a.m. to to 8 p.m. every day, I mean, it was enough, right? But I stopped caring. I just fully stopped caring. So I was like, I need to come back to the person who cared about herself, but not because of her job, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I really started realizing I wanted kids. So I there was like, go. I want to, I want to date differently because I used yeah. to date for fun, and now I want to date for a partner, mm-hmm. and that was a really hard realization because I got scared, mm-hmm. um, and I really kind of fell into like a little bit of a depression where I couldn't mm-hmm. get out of bed and I was just crying all the time because I was like, I'm going to be alone. I did this myself. This is what people say about not to get too deep, but like this is what people say about career uh, women. It's women, you know, which is like such a fucking scam the whole bit of it right and like I think when you come to the other side of it because my sister and I are, are both in a similar spot we're both single and like both entrepreneurial and both like have similar to you like I have full autonomy over what my life could still look like yeah but then you have to pull somebody else in the mix and you're like well damn <laughs> like where, well, where that, does that fit <laughs> I don't want to speak for you but I feel yeah, yeah. comfortable doing so is that yeah, like yeah. and we're happy and that's yes. what I have such a hard time with is I'm like I'm so nervous to bring somebody into this because this is the best my life has ever looked, but I will regret not having this experience of having kids. So now I have to build my life in a way that it is, there's space, you know? There's space. And that's, there's margin. There's margin Mm -hmm. for like, you can only get so far as being your one person. And this, I actually dated a guy who had this, who said this to me, this one liner to me that like, I've never freaking forgotten because like when I heard it first, I was like, ew, what? And he's like, you don't settle until you think you've peaked. And I was like, ah. I hate, I hate that. Like that sounds terrible. But mm-hmm. I think I get what he was trying to say. Of like, you don't, you don't meet someone at your top until you're at your top, and then you would right. expect them to also be at the top of their game because you can't go any farther as the one person that you are. Right. Totally. Like there's this whole untapped. Like we think we're at the summit of like our own happiness, right? And then right. It's, all of a sudden the the clouds like clear, and you're like, oh shit, there's more up there. Right. <laughs> can't get up there by myself. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. About it. Yeah. That's a perfect way to describe it. And so for me, that came back, that was me coming back to the drawing board and saying, I don't want more. Yeah. I like my retainer client. I was going to raise my retainer client rates and like bring on three more and hire. No, mm-hmm. I like my retainer clients. I love my membership, which is so funny because my people asked for the membership and I was like, you realize you're asking me to build a way to pay me, right? Like, right. Well, are you sure? Right. Um, I love my membership the most. So we opened that up to the public. Cool. Um, and I don't have capacity for projects that don't excite me anymore. Um, I really am over the ego-driven entrepreneur. I want to work with female entrepreneurs who want to give back to females. And mm-hmm. you have to be business-minded. Like, I mm-hmm. can't have another conversation around... I'm so nervous about, you know, pitching myself to someone because what if they say no? Because the people who I'm working with now are the people who are like, I pitched and it didn't work and I need a revised strategy. And I'm like, let's go. Right, right. You know, so it was really necessary. And so what we're choosing for the rest of the year is to plateau and we don't do it enough. And entrepreneurs are like, 
go, 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 which we just were talking about Mm -hmm. minutes ago. Mm -hmm. And for what, you know, like I'm building this business so that I have space in my life Mm -hmm. so that I can live it so that, because if I keep going, 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 I'm scared of a relationship. I'm self-punishing almost to like Mm -hmm. make sure that I get in my own way. So for me to open up space in my life, I have to plateau. And for me to run a business that I'm proud of, I have to plateau. And we have to be more proud of plateauing. We have to enjoy it because that's what you worked for. You know, you can't plateau at your at month three. You know, right. you have to build and build. And then when you're like, this is okay, pretty this is good. good. This is yeah. yeah. Stay yeah. there for a year. Stay there yeah. for two, three. I don't care. But like yeah. plateau. Enjoy yeah. the space. It's you built the house. Live in it. You know? Yeah. 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 It's the same, the same thing when I'm working with social media clients. They're like, oh, we want to go viral. And I'm like, for what? Like, what is for the what? point? For yeah. what? Like, okay, yeah, because we associate, oh, once you get to this level, then this, right? And it's the same thing we talked about earlier. It's like once I have 10K months or once I have a, a six-figure year, then all of a sudden a light switch is going to flip and the, yeah. you're going to be in a totally different world. Like, no, you're still going to be in the same space. Just it might look a little different. Like it's not – It's and, and to go for a strategy of like I want to be viral, I want to be huge, I want to have a $10 million business. Like those are all great goals, but I don't think that like the virality or the quick growth, people realize like the downfall of that too. There's a TikTok that goes <laughs> – she's like going viral – on social is kind of like winning a Tesla, but there's a shit smeared in the back seat. Oh, damn. <laughs> She's like, you're not going to say no. Like, you're not going to say no to like a free Tesla, but also you're like, oh, <laughs> like, you're like, oh, oh, gross. Ugh. Like, yeah, like, it, like, I don't like, that. I still got to take it out and like figure out what to do with this because you're also like, and we say this too about like ideal clients and archetypes and getting to know who you like to work with best. Like, you cannot be for everyone. And someone no. who fills out my contact form and says my ideal client is anyone from 18 to 85. I'm like, no, <laughs> we can't. We can't uh-uh. do that. You know, we uh-uh. got to be a little more specific here. So let's talk about let's talk about getting to know who and how you like to work best. And is it always trial and error? Or do you feel like with the people you work with, you can pretty clearly advise them on a sounds like you want to work with this archetype or this kind of ideal client? Yeah, I think that if people don't know who they want to work with, you work with yourself years ago, typically. And that's a really good place to start, right? Because you can speak to that person super easily. That was something that I kind of ran into with me time is I was like, I want to sell to this like super elevated, like modern woman who's luxury and like lives in it. And it's like, I don't fucking know her. Yeah. I don't know her. I need to sell to 30 year olds who are fucking busy. Like, hello. Like, Mm -hmm. and it took a while for me to get that, right? Mm And for me personally, like I, God, this is such bad advice. I want what I want and I want, <laughs> yeah. and, you know what I mean? Like I right. want what I want and I don't know what I want until I, until you ask until me you what want I want it. to eat. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Right. So for me, I don't think I will ever land there sure. and on like what I want. Um, for me, it's more like values, right? For instance, right. we have two jewelry brands we support. We have a skincare line we support. We are building a new platform for Brooke Shields, which is really exciting. We have all of these like really different people as well as solopreneurs, branding agencies. Like there's so many different things that we do, but like at the end of the day, we're doing foundational understandings of of your business with marketing and sales strategy, right? Mm -hmm. And that will probably become more narrow. We might choose Mm -hmm. one of those. But right now, that's kind of like what we've narrowed to. And I feel good about it for this next year or so. 
And at the end of the day, I was like, what is the quote unquote niche, which is the worst word in business? And so for me, it was, I want to work with females, Mm -hmm. female presenting, females, like whoever you are, I want to support you. No offense, men, but like you got enough. What are are the qualities of the female female presenting person that you think are, are draw you in? Because I know Um, for me, it's like, it's an empathy and it's a loyalty. I think women are fiercely loyal. And I think that there's like, um, there's some kind of, uh, there's a communal aspect that doesn't feel as like stomp on anyone to get what you need. And not to say that men can't have those qualities either, but what, what draws you to being an agency that's very female focused? You know, I talk about this with my clients and I'm being more open about it, especially because I got permission, but my mission is very personal. Um, Mm -hmm. my, I'm building the business I wish my mom had Mm -hmm. access to. My mom was an entrepreneur. She was in a really bad marriage. It was very bad for her and we had to witness it and we had, we were a part of it, you know, Mm -hmm. and she couldn't leave. Yeah. And for me, I built room for all my first business. I think to be like, I want women to make money and I want to help them, but I didn't really know how to do it. And then all my resources kind of came together in a perfect storm in 2020 where I was like, now I can do it. Now I can help you actually build a business. And so for me, I want, I want to help women because I want us to have voting power with our Mm -hmm. money. I -hmm. want us to be able to speak up for ourselves. I want us to be able to leave. Mm -hmm. I want us to be able to feel confident and have autonomy and you can't do that without money, without an opportunity to make your own money. If you're in a bad situation, you can learn brand design and charge mm-hmm. 15 bucks an hour and find mm-hmm. a way out, right? And so that it's a deeply personal mission where I want that to have I want that to be something that women can have access to, which we do right. now, right? Right. And it's not that I have any problem with men. You know, there are some brands that have co-founders where there's men and women. I'm not like, fuck him. Like, yeah, no. Right. It's more just like you have so many resources already and so much leaning in your favor. I don't care about your business. Right. I simply don't. Like, and I get worked up about it, but like I really couldn't care less. I care about right. the mom who I'm supporting who has three kids to feed and she's single and she is a wedding planner. Or the woman who finally got to get her own apartment because she had a roommate her whole life with her son because she finally was making enough money. So it's like, I just, I I will give a shit. And I will not give a shit about most men's businesses, unfortunately for them. Yeah. Well, not not unfortunately, because again, the cards have been stacked in their favor, right? Right. Like the cards have been stacked. It's like being a right-handed person versus a left-handed person. It's like, if you're left-handed, like you learn that most things are not actually built for your use. And then all of a sudden everything feels like not catered to you, which like, and as a right-handed person, do I want left-handed people to not have opportunities? No. But also like, I have to acknowledge that as a right-handed person, like most things are pretty much suited towards me. And I think that that's the acknowledgement of privilege. And like, you could think about this any way we slice it, right? Let's Mm -hmm. not, let's not gloss over the fact that we're both white women. That has to do with it too. Right. And so that's why I think in the same vein, I get really passionate about like same skin who we're working with, Mm. who their entire mission is to uplift BIPOC women and to uplift diversity and to uplift cultural differences. And for me, like that's, if I can be a part of that story, like that's, those are the kind of brands I want to support. Absolutely. Or even like a brand like Hotel Lobby Candle who like has a pride candle and donates $25,000 to to charity, like immediately, regardless of not for a PR stint, but because that's what they believe and that's part of their ethos. And then went on and hired a bunch of influencers 
of LGBTQ, the, of diverse background, and not right. just the person that you like immediately think of, like when you're thinking, you know, a very Instagrammy looking brand. Right, 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 right. It's those kind of things that I think that's the put the money where your mouth is kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think that people think about niche the wrong way. You know, you Mm -hmm. have a skill set. And to me, everyone hears niche and it's about skill set. And for me, I'd rather niche down to value Mm -hmm. and purpose. And for me, we do best with businesses who focus on community because a Mm -hmm. lot of my stuff is going to be social media, social media, social media. And you don't need it. You don't need social media. There's other versions of social media, you know? So if you're not focused on community, we aren't going to do our best and we're not the best fit. You know, right. So we try to work. We will always work with female entrepreneurs, but we try to work with female entrepreneurs who do things for women mm-hmm. and around community mm-hmm. or with community woven in. And I think the community aspect is like now becoming the non-negotiable the way that sustainability is now a non-negotiable. Completely agree. Completely like you agree. You can't come to market and think that you can just be there and people are going to find you and buy what you have to to sell. Like yeah. you ha- there has to be that conversation with your community and I think that that's where social media opened up that avenue to be able to do so, but also as of late everyone's got their panties all in a bunch about platforms changing or yeah. Instagram's not what it was or yeah. now oh my gosh, now I have to do another thing. I have to do Does Facebook. Does that annoy you or are you into it? Do you I agree? I am annoyed because of the fact of like at the end of the day, Instagram and Facebook is a business. And they are running a business. And like for the same reason that people got mad that Kylie Jenner took a private jet from one airline in one airport in LA to another airport in LA. And then Eliza Schesslinger, the comedian's like, stop buying her lip kits then. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You guys, like the, you're, this is, you cannot have it both ways. So I think that it's, it's unfair for individuals to expect that a business at the end of the day isn't going to do what's profitable for them. And, and at the end of the day, like Instagram is so good for women. Good. Like, uh huh. Where is your invoice uh, without mm-hmm. ads? Right. Mm-hmm. Where is your invoice, invoice for this for marketing your audience? Yes, for this marketing Absolutely. platform that is making so much money for women, and like it mm-hmm. made the influencer community. Mm-hmm. Which to me, I will. That's a hill I'll die on. Oh, is the same. best thing to happen to women. Same. One of the same. best things to happen to women. Like, same. So much money in a space that men don't do well in typically, right? Right. right. And it's like, we deserve that. We deserve that win. And so for me, I'm just like, get over it. I don't like it either. I don't like all the shifts, but then build your own fucking platform or or adapt, you know? Exactly. Evolve or die. And like, as we've seen, these, these social media platforms have about a 10 to 15 year lifespan. And I, in my brain, I tack it onto being generational because if you're a generation that comes up with a specific platform, your own biology and your own priorities shift to the point where that becomes a lot less interesting, right? And then now you feel left out of whatever the new thing is because you phased out of that part of your life. Not to say you can't do it, but as we're talking, like you can have a completely profitable business without sharing every minute of your day on Instagram. Totally. Yes. And I think and you also don't have to be a leader. Like you can exactly. just be a worker bee without exactly. an Instagram. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that that's the fallacy. I think that people get sucked into the imposter syndrome or they don't know, I don't know how to do reels or I don't know how to do TikToks. It's like, well, what, where, where is the return on your energy here? Where's right. the return on your time? Because those are the things that you have to preserve, especially as you start to get more advanced in your career. I feel like where that the the validation that you quote unquote get from social 
is not nearly as attractive as the money in the bank account. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And well, I'd and know you know where the money is personally. Well, that and people pay how much money to work with a coach that pushes them forward. Mm-hmm. And here we have an app that's saying you're not in the future yet. Catch up. Yes, Get marketers there. since 2016, 2017, we've been talking about video is king. Like we've mm-hmm. been saying, this isn't new. And like, I think Lizette speaks to this so well. Um, there's so many creators that we've even talked to like on the podcast and stuff that have talked about the importance of video. And for as much as everybody's like, oh, well, I just want to see pictures of my friends and family. It's like, yeah, but you don't engage with that content. Like the statistics, the data shows us that you're sitting and you're falling down a video rabbit hole for 35 minutes a day. Sure. So and at the end of the day, you know, Gen Z has an eight second attention span and Mm -hmm. 70% purchasing power. So Mm -hmm. as a brand who markets product to consumers and as a person who sells services to people who market to consumers, do you want to be the person posting about your business on Facebook? Because that's the equivalent. Right. Right. Or it's like, it's like someone coming to me saying like, oh, I'm going to do a direct mailer campaign. I'm going to send out, I'm going to send out a hundred thousand postcards what is your, you can't even track the conversion rate on that. Like right. what, what, like at least let's go where the eyeballs are and you can at least get to the people where they're at. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you need a, a bajillion, kajillion followers. Cause those, mm-hmm. those numbers do not correlate. And we both know people that have huge followings that are not making nearly enough money for the effort that they put into their platforms. And the fact that all of it could go away. All of it. If you're going to be doing email. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, it just comes back to the fact that like at the end of the day, you have to have a business model that shifts and adapts. And if you want to do the same shit over and over and over again, then you're asking for easy. And mm-hmm. who said this was easy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and there's people mm-hmm. we have to filter out really quick. We have to filter out who is talking to us and who's not, you True. know, because at the end of the day, if you're like, well, I don't want to do video. Guess what? That's fine. That's totally fine. It's a hundred percent fine. I, I feel the same way. I'm going to continue doing photos. The, the other thing to think about is that when I say things like you need an email system or you need a this, you need this, you need this. I'm not always talking to this person. You know, we have to take more responsibility over, is this person speaking to me mm-hmm. or am I here listening to them speak to someone else? Mm-hmm. Because Sometimes people take advice and think that it's meant for them and it's not. Oh my gosh. Or that they get so inundated by a million ways to do things that they they put so much stock in somebody else's, they put so, so many eggs in somebody else's basket, right? right? And like, I kind of had this conversation with my sister recently. She's like in the job hunt space and, and she's like, yeah, you know, this health startup she's working for, she's like, yeah, they're just not in a position to hire me on as a salary employee. And I was like, that's fine. But like, why wouldn't you act as if that was part of your future? So like you were starting to aggressively go after things that would make you a better employee for when they're ready Mm -hmm. for that. And I was like, Mm -hmm. but also like, let's not put all of our eggs in that basket because they may never be there. And like at the end of the day, and when you were talking about your mission, like my mission is to help people have the the autonomy and the freedom in their lifestyle. Yeah. Because I am a lifestyle first kind of person. Like it's why I live by the beach. It's why I have my dog. It's why I travel. Like I worked for so long as a way to then support the lifestyle that I wanted. And I didn't really want it the other way around. So if I see that opportunity for someone else where they can like be fulfilled by the business that they build and it affords them the lifestyle that they want, that's the dream. Beautiful. Yeah. That's the win-win. That's the dream, right? Because Mm -hmm. then it gives you the time, the effort, the energy to then do the things that you find are important. And that's just as valid, you know? Yeah. It's so, it's like, it's so easy to get so fired up about the entrepreneurship and the 
and and supporting women and all of those things. Um, but I don't want to gloss over all the amazing things that you have going on either, because we didn't even cover <laughs> all the offerings <laughs> that you have from, from, from start to finish. So before we sign off, I definitely want to hear from you. Like if someone has loved everything that you said and they are like, how do I get some of this special Ashley sauce? How do they do that? You have to join the doers. It yeah. is incredible. It's 197 a month and we do office hours consistently. Every single month there's a webinar or a masterclass. There's an entire portal of downloads and past masterclasses and templates, uh, thousands of dollars worth of resources in there, as well as the best Slack community. I think there's like 60 people in it right now of just like amazing entrepreneurs and people who are like working together and people who have opportunities amongst each other. Obviously, if you want a service, we could do a VIP day where we dive into, you know, creating a sales or marketing strategy or building out your pricing and service suite. If you wanted to work with us in like a really big capacity, we do offer social and uh, marketing services for really high level brands Mm -hmm. and businesses. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, if you're listening and you're an entrepreneur, like we'd love to have you in the doers because that's the beautiful space. That's my favorite. It's my favorite place on the internet. I love it. So fun. That's so fun. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about my Facebook group. I'm like, my my people, my little little babies. Yeah. Yeah. And you like watch Um, them grow and you know, it's so cool. Oh my gosh. It's so fun. It's so fun. Um, Where can everyone find, follow, connect with you? You can find me on Instagram at teamapconsulting. You can find my website, teamap.consulting. Um, and you could listen to our podcast, The Unfiltered Entrepreneur on Apple or Spotify. Love that. Love the podcasting space. It's so fun. I've got Alex who's probably cutting together this video and Alex is a Ah. connection, of course, from you. Um, So shout out to Alex, Alex Berardi, Alex Grace Media. And um, yeah, thank you so much for your time. Of course, I feel like we could talk for hours. We definitely could. So thank you so much, Michelle. Love, love working with you as always and chatting with you. So yay. Thanks so much. And we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Thanks again for joining us for the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, of course, and it would mean the world to me if you would go ahead and leave us a review and follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts, really. The Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group is also going to be a killer resource for you to ask questions, get feedback on anything branding, marketing, or entrepreneurship related. And to catch today's show notes or anything that we talked about in this episode, make sure you go to mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. We'll catch you next time.